Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we are continuing with our series of conversations on the emerging markets for this morning, focusing in specifically on emerging market equities. So joining us once again for the conversation, glad to welcome back from the UBS Chief Investment Office, Emerging Market Strategist for the Americas, Jing Chen Yu. Jing uh, Chen, thank you for dropping by. Always nice Nice speaking with you. So appreciate your time today. Looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much, Dan. Very happy to be back to the program. Absolutely. So very timely that you're joining us. I know, Jing Chen, in many investors' minds, recent volatility in the U.S. bond market is among the top topics that keep them awake at night. So what exactly are the implications here for emerging market equities? Sure. Uh, thanks again, Dan. Uh, great to be here. So look, as you probably heard from our fixed income team over the past couple of weeks, right? The moves on U.S. bond yields have been quite volatile, to say the least. Both 10-year and 30-year U.S. Treasuries um, yields have now sur- surpassed 5% for the first time since 2007 before trending down lower yesterday. So what does it mean for EM equities? For EM risk assets, in our view, in a sharp rise in U.S. yields, especially in the context of a more hawkish Fed policy expectation, is a clear headwind. In this scenario, portfolio outflows tend to speed up, and EM currencies also expected to depreciate against the greenback. The overall global risk off sentiment associated with this sort of so-called perm premium-led spiking rates can also weigh on equity valuations, especially in the more externally sensitive emerging markets. We also had, you know, uh, done some analysis, which you can find in the piece we published last week, which basically lays out the historical findings of EM equity for forward performance when U.S. rates surge in the previous month. So in short, if history can be, you know, can provide any guide, EM stocks have been negative sensitive to the speed and also magnitude of increasing rates. That said, with the view that a sustainable rise in U.S. tenure is unlikely, right? Uh, and U.S. growth will start to show signs of weaknesses in the coming month. Um, so the headwinds from rate side against EM stocks are likely to fade from here because we do expect U.S. rates to trend lower over the past, sorry, over the next six to 12 months. So with that backdrop in mind, the question becomes from an investor's standpoint, what to do? So Jing Chen, how should investors position right now within emerging market equities? Yes, that's a great question, Dan. From a regional perspective, we continue to like India, Indonesia, and China. We recently took profit on our Brazilian equities, mostly fair call, and closed the mostly fair stance on uh, Chilean equities as well, just to be a little bit more balanced or and to mitigate the potential risk uh, the risk from a you know bear case where U.S. rates continue to surge in a more sustainable way. Um, looking at the thematic side, we continue to like ESG leaders in EM. From a longer-term perspective, we have three outstanding themes. They are 
frontier markets, emerging markets infrastructure, and emerging market healthcare. So, Jing Chen, I'm glad that you mentioned India, which has caught a lot of investor interest as of late. Can you go a bit deeper into reasons why the chief investment office likes India at the moment? Yeah, so we, indeed, we have got a lot of questions recently on India. Um, India's economic growth is, I mean, starting to moderate, like every other major markets, right? But unlike most other economies, it's still set for robust. 6% GDP expansion for the 2024 and 2025 fiscal years. So relatively speaking, stocks still get the support from the real growth. Then we expect stocks to, you know, local stocks to keep grinding higher, driven by earnings, which over the next few years could compound to 25%. We see loading total return for investors over the next 12 months, based on our view on interest rates and also elections not materially affecting valuations. Now, looking from a longer-term perspective, or in other words, more structurally, we think drivers such as rising share in global growth, advantage in labor supply in India, existence and also possible future reforms that have been attempting to boost the country's productivity and the status as a near showing beneficiary, relatively low correlation with global assets, among others, right, should all continue to attract investors' interest and enhance India's role in investing portfolios. For more detailed information, I encourage our listeners to take a look at our latest investing emerging market monthly flagship report. Thank you, Jing Chen. And of course, for clients listening in, you can reach out to your UBS financial advisor to receive a copy of that publication directly. Before we wrap up, Jing Chen, of course, I do want to follow up on China from previous conversations. I know always a topic of interest. You receive a lot of client questions on China. So what does the current economic recovery look like in China, Jing Chen? Absolutely. So for China... Investors' concerns post-COVID reopening early this year has been largely driven by the weaker growth momentum, implications from the troubling property sector, and the local debt issues, right, among others. Now, I think the silver lining is that we have seen evidence of continuing improvement trend on real growth. For instance, China's Third quarter GDP growth at 4.9% year-over-year was stronger than expected, supported by the service industry in particular and also consumption. This suggests that the economy indeed has probably bottomed out from the trough in July as recent policy easing kicks in. So the around 5% growth target right, set by the government looks like, you know, looks pretty achievable you know, um, this year. But there are still many challenges for the Chinese economy, despite the improvement as a whole, sequentially. For instance, there's still little evidence of improvement in the property market. In in fact, we saw price decline recently. Um, So the policy effectiveness might still take some time to be reflected in the real estate market. In addition, the local government debt you know, issue, which is currently being actively addressed by the government through, for instance, new debt insurance uh, issuance, for instance, still remains a concern and question mark for investors. 
we want to see more evidence of progress being made in these areas in the coming months. On the flip side, the fiscal support from the government should continue. In particular, we have seen a very uh, proactive fiscal shift um, as China just announced yesterday, right, that it will raise this year's fiscal deficit to 3.8% from 3% of GDP by issuing an additional 1 trillion yuan in special central government bonds this quarter. That indicates that the government is determined, right, to destabilize the economy. While it might be a little bit too late to improve the growth path for this quarter and this year, but this is definitely a tailwind for next year's growth. Well, Jing Chen, thank you very much for dropping by, keeping our listeners, our clients informed on the landscape for emerging market equities. Appreciate the updates specific to India and China as well. I do want to point everyone listening to two publications that tie right into the conversation I've had this morning with Jing Chen Yu from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Again, those are the Investing in Emerging Markets, the monthly flagship. Uh, That title, External Shocks Continue, Low Risk of Contagion. You also have the note, Emerging Market Equities, What Do Higher U.S. Rates Mean? Again, both pieces available up on UBS.com slash CIO, though if you are a client of UBS, simply reach out to your UBS financial advisor to receive copies direct copies of those publications. Again, we've been speaking today with Jing Chen Yu, Emerging Market Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Jing Chen, thank you for your time as always. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity, Dan. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.